You start talking whenever you feel like talking. Welcome to Beerfield, where the episode titles are a lot harder to write now that we don't actually have topics for the episodes. I am at Beerfield Hop with two P's, Chris Hopper, as always, joined by at Beerfield Thurry with two E's, and at Ryan Miner underscore FFB, who either we forced ourselves on him or he forced ourselves on us. Either way, Whoa. the third leg. We're here. No one forced themselves on anybody. We here... And Beerfield Fantasy Football, do not endorse uh, forcing yourself on it onto anybody. It's been a long time since we've done that. Yeah, it's been a long time since you have to add a uh, since we have to add a PSA to it. You normally it's you doing the shit. We have to add a PSA to the show for it's, it's normally my joke or my comments. <laughs> Uh, I'm like the guy guy that shows up, but like, you know, like you invited over that one time, but just won't leave because he gets home over every time. (laughs) Uh, Start to move the party away and he just keeps showing up. Who keeps inviting him? And it's that he just stalks your Facebook page. Yeah, just follows your cars. Like, like he knows the entire town by heart, so he knows exactly where like every street lamp is. Like, oh, I I I thought we weren't doing it Wednesday, so I came over Thursday just to make sure. <laughs> I, I, I know you guys said the party was on Saturday, but I was like, yeah, maybe they really meant Friday. I got my days mixed up. It's the weirdest yeah, thing, but how lucky weirdest, that you guys oh. changed it, and I guess just forgot how to, forgot to tell me. Super, uh, super happy you made it here. Yeah, it's super, super. It's like Kenny Pickett in the Steelers quarterback room. <laughs> <laughs> super glad you're here, bro. Yeah. I'm recovering after the past couple of days of a uh, Cedar Point. After walking around for 12 hours straight, my feet, one foot is killing me right now. So that's uh, that does happen. We went uh, we went tubing over the weekend, and I got too uh, I got too excited Friday, and it went super hard. So when we actually went, you know, tubing down the river down in Missouri, I, it was like the worst fucking thing ever. <laughs> I was hot. dying. It was oh, hot. Man. It was hot and I was super hungover. Like I blacked out. We'll just say it. I was outside from eight AM till five PM in that hundred degree weather with no air conditioning and no shade. Oof. And that's what it felt like. Moving tables around and shit. And by the time I got home I was straight to a cold bath, straight to liquid IV. Took me about an hour to make myself feel humid again. I I mean Talk about being bad shape. So hydrate when you're out there. Drink water. Liquid IV is a lifesaver. If you haven't yeah, heard I, of it, go to Walgreens and get some. It's fantastic. Yeah. Thank God, you know, rivers are typically cold. So the first thing we do as soon as we get there, I'm like laying in the water like I'm a dead person. <laughs> this feels so good. Then eventually I would just start, you know, dunking my shirt and just putting over my head because, again, life sucked. What's that? You don't start drinking? Just try to see if you can mellow it out a little bit? I drink like 15 bottles of water. Dude, I, there is no fucking way I was no, drinking. No beer? No way. Beer, yeah. It was no. way too hot to drink down too here. Too fucking I was at a, hot. 
yeah. was at a booze festival, and I, I mean, I drank a couple seltzers. That's at a bourbon festival. I'm drinking seltzers. That's how hot it was. <laughs> oh, man. By the way, Bomb Pop from Forehand's pretty good. Oh, yeah. I guess that's a good transition. Um, but before I transition, uh, the FF face-off are Mama, Mama and Papa. I don't know if Anthony or Aaron's Mama. Uh, who's Mama? Who's Papa? But, uh, yeah, they got a <laughs> potathon for, for mental health going on here in a couple weeks. Um, believe it's July 16th, 17th. So while first weekend of most of the Scott Fishbowl live drafts. So make sure you tune into that ffaceoff.com for all the details. Uh, Ryan got an article out there that's, uh, catching a little bit of heat comparing the rookie wide receiver class to the sophomore wide receiver class. Saw that pop up several Ooh, times as I was I scrolling did. around to prep for the show. So that looks like it's got some traction. Find that there. And I also did my. 105 of Scott Fishbowl mock to kind of help people out. Cause hey, hey, I got the Scott 105 too. Did you? You should go read yeah, this article. We did, uh, we did our 100 yard dashes to decide who gets to pick their picks. And I, I got, I picked the 105. Nice. I was nice. like, oh yeah, Ryan has it. I forgot. Like legit, you went to a track and timed yourself or just, yeah, I got ones. <laughs> I actually got in the sixth place. Very happy. I mean, I I slightly died afterwards. I'm actually in heaven right now. Well, I mean, this well, is probably hell. I mean, but... <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I, so clearly, there's angels around. I, I'm in purgatory. <laughs> I'm just waiting. <laughs> I can't run anymore like I used to. I hurt too much now. I can. I just regret it later. <laughs> Immediately later. Immediately. What's fueling beer fueled? Guess before we do this, I should tell people what we're talking about. We got a couple news items. We're going to take some uh, some questions that are not directly to us, but we're going to pretend like they're to us from the internet, kind of like that guy showing up at a party. Uh, and then uh, they're together some either or off of ADPs. So just some real quick quick hitters. We'll do some either or for a redraft and maybe Dynasty too, and just see where it's at, see where we're at with it. Uh, who wants to start? I don't really care. I don't want to call on anybody. I'll start. All right, I'm drinking uh Blind Pigs Reserve Lager. Ooh, um, this was actually given to me by the rep when we were doing an event, so obviously not in its uh his actual detailed can here. But uh, I'm battling some sort of sickness, so I was gonna go with the uh with the basil head and toasted barrel, but I really want to be of right space. You know, before I actually jump into it, so I figured a light lager will uh will suffice uh tonight. I got Bell's official hazy IPA tonight. There you go. Comes coming at six point four percent, so something very refreshing right now. Something mellow down in. There you go. Nice. All right, I've got. I need to buy beer. I've got Hand of Fate's Wildberry <laughs> Dream Ale. Um, Hand of Fate That's is new. what. Most of it's new. I haven't heard about that one. Oh, yeah. Well, spoilers. They poured more fruit into their cream ale. Shocking. I mean, that's just Shocking, what they I do. Know. A little. Yeah. Thanks to me at Benny's buying up all the cream ale and making Mike actually have to keep making it. That is what they do. Yes. Um. So, yep. Wildberry Dream Ale from Hand of Fate. Hand of Fate's out of Petersburg, Illinois, my hometown. Don't mean to 
throw shade with the cream mail comments just like every time i see something new from them that makes it down to the metro east it's literally just a version of the cream mail that they threw a different fruit into which efficient way to do it you get burnt out on it after a little bit though i mean <laughs> one of their brood masters uh uh I, I won't say he quit because of it but the amount that that we were ordering at Benny's. This is obviously well before I joined the still. Um, it, it was a nightmare. Like I still joke about it with Mike, the brewmaster, their owner. For them, every, yeah. every time I see it, I'm like, "You so mad at me for making you make double bean?" Like 95 percent of the time, <laughs> well, double beans <laughs> delicious. Sour, okay, double beans delicious. It's just yeah. Anyway, I think I talked about it with somebody else too. Somebody else's beer beers a while ago it's just like i like variety and since it's only 12 ounce can i'll probably finish it and start drinking on uh my my own smash ipa that'll be entered into uh Ooh. the stl brew hog smash competition here coming up smash so. ipa is that is there a specific reason it's called smash or is it just because of the competition single malt single hop recipe so smash wow, is a single malt right. single hop beer so that's that that's right i knew that two row that i roasted some and then i homemade some crystal 40 out of the two row because that's allowed because it is a smash smash only competition uh, so if you want any specialty grains you got to make them yourself from yep. whatever grain you're using so i made some crystal 40 out of that and then uh belma hops which in sundew yeast which has a lot of strawberry to both things oh fun so yeah all right let's go ahead and get into some news um we'll start off with uh more so some player speak not coach speak but i'm interested in some thoughts here because this is a guy that i maybe am not the highest on so i kind of wanted to deep dive this a little bit but when asked what he needs what he needs to have a better season miles sanders said he just needs more opportunities so with jalen hurts there miles sanders health as well uh, kind of a little bit of an afterthought in the rushing game. Didn't really and hasn't really panned out to what a lot of people thought he was going to be. So is it just more opportunity that Miles Sanders needs? And do we see him getting more opportunity? I mean, it's tough because, I mean, like that was the criticism all last year was that he just wasn't getting it. Like he just wasn't getting involved enough. And, it, and, you know, from the injuries and from, you know, Gainwell being his primary backup to when, you know, to when Sanders would get hurt and you would see a shift to Boston Scott and Jordan Howard, it's like the Eagles don't really want to commit to one person. And, of course, Sanders is going to want to have more work. He's like any other player, especially running backs. They want to be, you know, they want to be fed more. They want to be the biggest reason why that their offense is doing what their offense is doing. So I, I, I'm assuming this is drawn from uh, from the interview you had with Sports Edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a lot of talk on that, and uh, it just speaks more volumes to wanting to avoid this. Like he's going to have touchdown regression in the positive way. He obviously didn't score any touchdowns last year, but when you have a mobile quarterback the size of Jalen Hurst, you can't expect a high touchdown rate from him because Hurst is going to take some of that volume in the red zone. Yeah, better way to look at it too. Like he is ready. Like the opportunities weren't there that he was hoping for. Like he started the season with 15 carries and then 13 carries, and then following after that he went to two carries and seven carries. So like it wasn't like a consistent amount of carries. But when he had the carries, he actually performed. So like when he was getting 15 carries, he actually put up 74 yards. 
And he got the touches, absolutely. Well, yeah, and it was over 100 scrimmage yards when that happened, too, because, I mean, the receiving game is is real for the most part as well. 24 carries, 120 yards, 18 carries, 131 yards. Exactly. I think what's more... I think what's more concerning is is that like if you look at the routes run, weeks one through six before he got hurt, he had double digit routes run, two games over twenty, one game at thirty. When he came back and through the rest of the season, including the playoffs, single digit, single digits. It, it, it's it's. And it's not, I'm not saying Gainwell is going to see more. That's what I was going to ask. Is that Gainwell or is that something else? I think Gamewell should definitely get a bump, and I think Gamewell is definitely a part of the conversation in redraft leagues and the double-digit rounds. But he's just someone more to watch list because we don't we don't really know what or how the touches are going to shake out. And he's still with the hypermobile quarterback and Hurts. They add you know they added AJ Brown. Devonta Smith is in his second season. It's not. Can we see like a seventy thirty like split between the running backs back there between Miles Sanders and? Kenny Gainwell, you know, somewhere like that. I don't that. think Miles Sanders didn't get 70% of the touches. I think it might be, you know, somewhere along the lines of Sanders gets around 50% and the rest of it's being cropped up between Gainwell, maybe Kennedy it, Brooks, and some of the other running backs in that backfield. And that's not what you want to see because last year he was 52% Absolutely. snap share and 50% opportunity share. And that what that works out to with the Eagles being the number one team as far as run plays go, again, because of hurts you know that shakes out to basically 138 carries 137 carries for the season over 12 games so if you were to extrapolate that you're going to end up with basically what he got his rookie year which is 170 and couple that with the fact that he's 41st in goal line rate He's got to get touchdowns too, right? If he can, if they start using him around the goal line, get him involved in the receiving game a little bit, then you don't really need the opportunity share to go up that much for him to be a viable flex player. But he's no longer in the tier of DeAndre Swift or David Montgomery in this offense, I don't think. He's efficient, but the volume concerns me and the touchdown opportunity concerns me. And like, you mean, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, put together too, they have AJ Brown out. So before, I mean, they just had a rookie, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Gordon and Zach Ertz kind of there. So it was, it was basically like, you know, from the line to the linebackers was kind of mm-hmm. occupied by the field. But where now you have a field structure now who can actually be pull the, the safeties and the corners off where you can almost throw Sanders to the flat even. So you can actually get even more opportunities in the passing game too. Well, the problem yeah, is but you're throwing Gainwell to the flat because he was running single-digit routes when they had nobody to throw to. Or is Hurts going to just take off and run because, like, you know, like Lamar Jackson, he feels like he's better with the ball in his hands. I mean, like yeah. it, it, it's we've seen this historically from mobile quarterbacks over the past, you know, five, six years, whether it be Watson, whether it be Wilson, when he was more mobile, you know, Kyler Murray, it, it's the offense didn't seem to want to get the running backs more involved. And if you go through his game log, Sanders game logs after he came back from his injury, it was when they were up a lot of points. It's when he I mean, it was basically he was. Their first and second down, we're going to lead into him when we're up. Otherwise, he's just a guy. I got to agree with him, though. It's the opportunity. When you look at the underlying metrics, right? You're, let's see, it was third and three yards per carry, 10th in yards per touch, um, 32 evaded tackles, not the greatest there, but fifth and breakaway run rate, 10th and breakaway runs. Um, 10th and breakaway runs, the counting stat. 
without having that many carries. 16th in yards created per touch. First in run blocking efficiency. So he's getting blocked for the opportunities there. He's been efficient. He's not a between the tackles guy. We knew that, but he's explosive. And if they could increase that opportunity share and use him, then yeah, he's a viable week to week flex play. I don't think it's going to get high enough for him to be, you know, a true stud as long as Jalen Hurts is starting. You need Gardner Minshew under center for them to have to focus on the running game more for that to happen. Um, so for me, it's, do I believe, I buy what Miles Sanders is saying. I don't buy that it's going to happen, barring something happening with Jalen Hurts. It's totally not going to happen. It's just, I think what they found out from last year when you compare it to 2020 is that Sanders is better when he's getting a certain amount. When he's not being leaned on more, It. I just don't expect this Eagles offense to make him a focal point. This is Hurts, the passing offense. You don't go out and trade for A.J. Brown. And then want to run the football more, like, th- like this is a clear move, you know, the same way that Buffalo did with Josh Allen and getting Stephon Diggs. You're seeing Philadelphia mirroring that by going out and getting a true alpha that's going to help open up the office more. Sanders is just a better Devin Singletary at this point. And you need the touchdowns to be there because you know, look, he was on pace yeah. for his third straight season of a thousand scrimmage yards. That's a usable fantasy asset. Again, it's, he's gone are the days where you're considering him in the same tier as DeAndre Swift and Dave Montgomery and guys like that. But I mean, to consider him in a tier with a guy like maybe a Tony Pollard that's going to get lim- you know limited split work, but is very explosive. Yeah, you could absolutely do that if the touchdowns were there. Yeah, really fantasy football calculator ADP right now. They have them at the end of the fifth round, beginning of the sixth round. So you can measure. RB3 that's a fair spot play. for I mean, it. Yeah, that's, that's a, a fair spot. spot. It. Yeah, it's he shouldn't be your RB one, and he, he might be a little concerning as an RB two. I mean, there is touch. Like he's going to score touchdowns. He's not going to go zero again. But the offense should be improved. There should be more scoring opportunity. But how much is that going to go to Hurts? You know, and then if they decide to play around, you know with the backfield again, it's going to be much of the same of what we saw last year and the scheme and the, you know, then the coaching staff hasn't changed. So I don't know why we should expect it to change now this year where he's going to go back to his, you know, maybe rookie 2020 year. It's not going to be the same type of opportunity on a per game basis. Maybe if they're up ahead a bunch and they want to lean into him then, but I'm not buying into it. I'm buying that obviously he should get more opportunity. I'm a big Miles Sanders fan, but I don't think that's all the Eagles offense wants to operate, which is probably a better idea for the team as a whole. Or did the team see more like he was injured more throughout the season than we knew, you know? I mean, sure. Yeah. But that's been his MO for three years, right? Yeah. He, he can't really stay. He's not Mr. Durable. It's kind of like it's like Josh Jacobs to an extent where you can't lean on him. Too hard. Yeah, we were hoping he would he'd follow the like the footsteps of like a Saquon Barkley, you know, going from well, one Sensei back to the next Sensei <laughs> back. You know, wasn't going to happen, but you know, like you, you kind of like that's unfair. Like, you know, he would kind of like do that next step up. You know, he would never be like a Saquon Barkley, but at least be a viable RB two, right? Because that's such a run heavy offense at Penn State. I mean, he might be if he's you know if that touchdown you know bounces back in a big way. I, I just don't see it happening with Hurts under you know under center. Yeah. No, I'm 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 with you. The offense either has to change or there's gotta be a quarterback change. 
yeah for that to, to unlock you, that being a quarterback change you guys see like there's like rumors of like uh Hurts getting like the 35 to 40 million dollar contract extension it, yeah. you know if they make the playoffs and he takes a 60 percent josh allen leap yeah absolutely well and he plays in a weak conference in a weak division so if you want to bridge to the next thing right they've got a playoff window right now you're not going to end up with a high pick to draft somebody so if he's serviceable then yeah you give him a bridge deal in 30 to 40 million range that's was that total contract value or per year i think it was per year Ooh, yeah it's Jesus. about right i mean that's that's top seven i mean it sounds heavy you know give it you know three four years when these guys are getting paid again it'll be you know it won't be too bad receiver contract well, <laughs> speaking of getting paid in speaking wide receiver of. contracts, Trey McLaurin, three-year deal, $71 million uh, with the Washington Commanders. Uh, they've got a questionable quarterback situation of their own, and McLaurin did a pretty good disappearing act with questionable quarterbacks uh, at times last year. There are other weeks where he was great, uh, but you know it was a very up-and-down season for, for Terry McLaurin. He was somebody that you didn't, at least I didn't necessarily feel confident plugging in week to week so what is and you know that was enough for me to get out and in dynasty like yo maybe like guys peaked or this is what he's going to be as long as there's instability in the offense so where are we at in dynasty with him getting locked to to washington for for three more years i mean it's oh i'm sorry no go ahead no it it shows that the team's invested which is a good Mm -hmm. sign right he should be locked to the team for at least three years more years um, Washington's quarterback situation isn't figured out. I don't expect them to be a great team this year. Um, the problem is they're in the worst spot to be in. They're a mediocre team with good enough playmakers around a terrible quarterback or questionable quarterback. So they're going to finish what seven and ten, six and eleven. Is that is that good enough to get a true quarterback upgrade? So. The offense, I, it, it just depends on how bad Washington gets and they get themselves a new quarterback or if they decide to make a splash move and try to get, you know, one of these veteran journeymen to come over. It, it's not, mm-hmm. I don't love it, but it's nice to see the voting confidence. So there is some, there is some stability in him and dynasty. It's just, is that enough to pump him into like a top 15 range? And I'm not sure if it does. I'm not sure if it does either. I think he's probably more in that twenty-ish range. He's a back yeah. in two. I think. Yeah. I think it's. I think he's a back in two. Which he's is, so good, but it's like you know, you're you're going to get that two point four or that you know thirty point like ceiling. Mm-hmm. You never know what week you're going to get out of him. That's what's scary about him. That's why I call it scary Terry, right? <laughs> and they, you know, and, and they spent the first round pick, you know, on a wide receiver this year. You know, whether or not you believe in, I do. Um, and Dotson. and Dotson, but he's still going to get his work, and he's getting rapport with Wentz er- earlier than McLaurin. So, yeah. yeah. And, can we, and can we say this is uh, McLaurin's best quarterback since Alex Smith, really? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Did he was play with Ryan? Alex Smith? I thought he played right at the end of Alex Smith. Did yeah, he? he? Yeah, he did. I'm he did, sure. right? Yeah, he had to have. Fitz has... Did, did he play with Fitz? Yeah, I think it was like what one game, two games. Yeah, that's right. Best quarterback. He played at them last year, one game. That was when Fitzpatrick got injured, right? Yep. Oh, I forgot he went was, to. 
episode, I was like, when the fuck did he go to Washington? That's right. Gilbert and Heineke. He was supposed to beat all the, uh, yeah. It was Gilbert and Heineke. Before that, it was Smith, Haskins, Kyle Allen, Taylor Heineke. He's been productive with bad quarterback play. It's not going to change. I think what you guys said is right, though. It's going to be, there's going to be some, you know, there's going to be some floor there because he should get targeted, you know, fairly consistently. But, you know, the offense will limit his ceiling. And with the addition of another pass catcher, will also limit it. So, yeah. And, you know, with adding Dotson, I think that mean that could be a little bit more towards wanting a little bit more balance as far as the passing game goes um, versus the run game. This is a team. I mean, they threw 600 times 2020, but, and last year they threw, hold on. Don't have this in front of us. We didn't prep 550. So they're about middle of the road. Is well, it's nice team. that there isn't a third elite pass or like a third, at least good pass catcher in that offense. I'll think, you know, from, no, the, from the wide receivers. I mean, it, so yeah, it'd be consolidated targets should help him. So Logan Thomas, if he's healthy, he's going to start the year on the pup yeah. though. It sounds like so yeah. seven problems working his way back. He'll be fine. So he'll be, uh, it's not a two, three, it's not elite, but it's serviceable basically. Yeah. Yeah. And right now he's going at the four Oh nine. So, I mean, the back end, Wide receiver two, you're getting there. I mean, going around him right before him is Chris Godwin and Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, and going after him is Michael Pittman, Amari Cooper, DJ Moore. And all honesty, I really have Pittman and DJ Moore. They're going uh, after would, McLaurin. Yeah, I yeah. would too. How is Pittman going after? That's come on. That's one guys. One after him. And is yep. Christian Kerr still going double digit rounds, Ryan? Nah, he's up to nine. Oh, finally, we're <laughs> almost there. We've almost course corrected it. Almost. I looked earlier. I'm, I'm almost. I'm almost time to take him as like my QB one now. Christian Kirk? What? No, uh, Kirk, Kirk Cousins. I'm thinking Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I Kirk. was like, what? where the fuck? Hey, guys. I, 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 I just saw Kirk Cousins' name, and I just, I just reflected right on that. He's not a QB1 in, in one QB leagues, but, man, <laughs> yeah. that dude that dude is setting up the smash as a uh, – In four QB leagues, Christian Kirk might be an option. <laughs> He's my uh, – Wentz might be one – Wentz might be number one option, too, in four QB leagues. <laughs> Uh, Ravens wide receiver Devin Duvernay hopes they're in a starting role. So I wanted to discuss Ravens pass catchers for a minute. So they trade away Hollywood Brown, who, outside of Mark Andrews, top target getter. They don't draft anybody. They're rolling with Bateman, and then I think a few other people. Tyquan Thornton might be there. Uh, Tyquan Thornton's in New England. New England, that's it. I saw the wrong fucking thing. It doesn't. It's uh, James Prochet. <laughs> oh, it's Prochet. Um, uh, Tylen Wallace. Um, Wallace. It doesn't matter. Duvernay is going to be a starter on that team. It doesn't. Oh. I don't know that he's going to be fantasy relevant <laughs> as much as they throw the football. But him and Bateman are definitely going to be on the field with Andrews. The the pass catchers you want are Bateman and Andrews. Yeah. Uh, Duvernay will be used as a a gadget type of guy. I think you'll see more downfield work without Brown. I think they'll use him in that role. But Baltimore, just given what they did after the Browns or the Brown move and what they did in free agency suggests that they want to go back to that 2019 form. Um, and it's just going to be consolidated target share going to Bateman and Andrews. I think Duvernay may have a game or two where he, you know, he rips off a big play, but he needs a Bateman, a Bateman or Andrews injury to at least to sniff, ascend. 
Hey, but he's one injury away. He's yeah. one injury away. God damn so it. Is, so is Tyler Wallace. And I'm just saying that it, he's on my If he makes the team. <laughs> he's on my dad's TV. I'm just hoping for that. Just hoping prayers. Uh, you're not going to get that to be a thing. Multiple reports uh, have Dan being right. I mean, have the NFL suspending Deshaun Watson for at least the 2022 season, if not indefinitely. Similar language to what Calvin Ridley is going to get. I think they, at minimum, they have to. Otherwise, you're sending the wrong message of gambling's worse than sexually assaulting 25 women. It needs to say indefinite. It it's needs be indefinite. to sound. It's got to sound like worse. he's never. He doesn't have a chance to come back, and I and I think the NFL may push for that. It may be a two year thing. Well, Josh Gordon's was termed indefinitely pending review, wasn't it for weed? Yeah, and it's like yeah, it was like three times in a row that it did that, which doesn't make the word sound. It doesn't make the situation sound better, but it's got to say something along the lines of it. He could never come back to football. I think the NFL has got to do something unprecedented here. And even indefinite is precedented because, because I mean, with Josh Gordon, right. You hand out indefinite, you know, that you can apply to be reinstated. They've either got to go lifetime or multi-year set in stone before he's eligible. I I would jump for joy. If he saw lifetime, I I doubt, I highly doubt lifetime though, but I would, I would be, I would jump for joy. I'd be so fucking happy. <laughs> like, fuck this dude. He should never get a chance to play again. Like, the Browns no. screwed it up. The Browns screwed it up. They had Baker Mayfield. Who was I don't feel bad for the Browns at all. Fuck them. No. They, they did this shit to themselves. Also, reports are saying that Baker was doing a fundraising event. Yeah. <laughs> Good for Baker, man. Oh, I love it, man. Baker low-key being salt. Oh, just low-key dropping it. Dropping Wait, he was doing a fundraiser event for what? I'm not sure what it was. I saw a tweet about it. It was uh, it was some tweet saying that the Browns are looking for a more uh, mature and adult quarterback. And it in that tweet, it said that Baker was doing some sort of fundraising event or something like that. <laughs> it, it was just ah, oh, it, it was perfect. And I was like, awesome. yeah, yep. Fuck uh, it was funny. I want Baker to stick it to him so bad. Them hoes ain't loyal. I, oh yeah, here's the event. Uh, seeing Baker Mayfield host a, a charity event the same day Deshaun Watson's having his legal hearing, only after the Browns say that they wanted a, an adult at QB is the Cleveland Browns content we all know and love. <laughs> yes! Oh, what a dumpster fire. I love it. Sorry, Grandpa, but not really. Oh, yeah. uh, sleeper positional decisions. Cordero Patterson switched to running back only, will no longer have wide receiver eligibility. Uh, wow. Debo Samuel stays as a wide receiver only. No running back eligibility for Debo. That makes sense for Debo. I'm a little shocked for Cordero. It though. makes sense for Patterson, too, except for the fact that he's probably going to be used as a wide receiver this year, but he was barely used and split out last year. So, you know, he's primarily been used as a running back the last three times he's been fantasy relevant. So I can, well, I, I see why they did it, but no, with the Bears, too, he was primarily used as a running back. Oh, was he? Was, yeah. I, yeah. Okay. And with New England, too. And with this New England. Is, and with yeah. The, yeah, and with New England. So, you know, it's been a few years now where he's primarily been a running back. But, yeah. <laughs> it just feels weird. But, I mean, they'll make the adjustment if they need to. So They will. I know. A running back wearing 84 is so hard to, mm-hmm. to grasp. And Debo is <laughs> wide receiver only. But I think that one's a little more surprising to me. It makes sense. But, you know. I think he did have more rushes and rushing yards than receive, receptions and receiving yards. 
towards the I end guess of last we'll year. S- yeah, it, it was it was kind of was such a weird. Yeah, I don't know. He's a gadget. Player. I hope he doesn't get used in that way again because that dude that dude already has durability issues. I don't want to see him test you know fate for a uh, second year in a row. Right. I don't want to see him being used in that in that way. At least you know for more than a game or two. Does Taysom Hill loses quarterback eligibility? <laughs> Was he ever a quarterback he's, though? He's still t- yeah, but what is he's just full he's tight, tight end. end. All right. Is that going to turn over Adam Trapman? <laughs> I hope. I hope not. All right, cool. Before we start the Trapman discussion, time for questions from the internet. <laughs> the segment where we pretend that these questions were asked to us, even though they weren't. I just stole them off of Twitter or a forty thousand person Facebook group. I can never remember the name of. First question. Would you trade Zeke Elliott, Amari Cooper, and Hollywood Brown for Austin Eckler and Tyler, Tyreek Hill? Is this redraft? Or is this dynasty now? I'm going to assume dynasty because it's June 29th. One more time. I'm going to assume dynasty now because it's June no, 29th. Jesus Christ. <laughs> read the fucking players. <laughs> Would you trade Zeke Elliott, Amari Cooper, and Hollywood Brown for Austin Eckler and Tyreek Hill? Oh, so all of, so all aging players. I don't yeah. know if I would either. I don't. I don't think so. I think that like a wash. Hollywood's the only one that's in a better situation than last year? Question mark. And I think that's what tips it because Cooper. Oh, Co- Cooper's screwed at the moment. I it, I may lean the other way. So you're basically up. I mean, is it how much of an upgrade is it to move from Zeke to Eckler? Is it? It I is mean, it not much. much if Zeke's healthy think, and can right? bounce back a little bit, everybody assumes Zeke's on the downside. But there's the possibility that we're wrong about that. He's younger than Eckler. He finished RB seven last year too. I mean, he was like before he got injured, he was like what RB four, RB five. Yeah, and they're not going to have their you know their full complement of receivers to start the year. And, mm-hmm. and Pollard is going to be obviously used more, but I expect him to be more split out in slot. He'll take some major downgrade uh, in quarterback and offensive productivity, and Hollywood gets an upgrade. I see why it just doesn't. There's no significant movement in any real way. Like you know, Cooper's almost irrelevant in this move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we yeah, all assume Watson's not going to play, and Brissett fucking sucks. So. <laughs> I think yeah. I'm, I, yeah, I think I'm on the Zeke Hollywood side. Yeah. Yeah. PPR Superflex. Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown for Derek Carr, Michael Gallup, and two 2023 firsts. Ooh. The 2023 firsts always get me. Superflex. Like, you, know, you don't know where they're at. Yeah, See, because if one of those is high, you can replace Kyler with that, especially if you're a rebuilding team. I mean... Exactly. Replace is a tough thing. I mean, you're well, gonna get a you're gonna get a nice prospect if one of those picks is high. But Murray's considered a top five or six quarterback in Dynasty, and I think he'll be I think it's still tough. I don't think I I think I would keep Murray. Well you look at those two first round picks and kinda of use that as kind of like a watch for Kyle Murray and a half of what was the other part of the players? Gallup and Derek Carr. Derek Carr's kind of I mean, Carr's replacement level QB2, right? I mean, yeah. it's super flex. He's an okay QB2. Um, not knowing that team, not knowing the roster, not knowing the Murray roster, I think makes it more tough because it then, depends what his quarterback situation looks like. It was in the comments, like. I think. He said it, but yeah. I didn't write it down. And then you end up... So breaking this down, 
car from Kyler is almost a downgrade, but I think that and a first and a half a, covers it. And then yeah, the other half, Gallup in the other half of the first covers Hollywood. I th- would you trade Gallup? Would you trade Gallup in a 23 first for Brown? No. That's a big, no. that's that question too. Yeah. I think it depends. I don't think uh, but I, I do like, I do like Brown, but. I do get the allure of those twenty three first, and it's not because you get to use the pick, but because of what the current. It also depends, like popular. if you're a rebuilding team and trying to stack capital, because you know, then that's yeah, what the yeah. twenty three first makes sense. I think yeah. I think this should trade like it, knowing the rosters, especially the Murray roster, it's probably the most important one. Yeah, because it, it's. If your team sucks, moving Murray and getting two twenty three first, I think is a good. It's fine, and you're getting a little more on top, and you get a replacement level quarterback. Right, so because if Gallup gets up there, because if Gallup com- Gallup comes back strong, then you've got either somebody young on a fresh contract or another trade chip that you can move. And Carr's just yeah a get me over a piece, really. I, I think without I knowing, think I, I think without knowing the rosters, I I still take the Murray side. You know, get the stack with Murray and Brown. You're going to get that high potential high end production from Brown the first six weeks. Um, it, it's I think I would keep that. I think I'll take the picks. Yeah, yeah, I like the picks. With, he, he without knowing the rosters, I would take Brown. I take the Brown and Murray side. Hey, would you take the Brown and Murray side without knowing the ro- rosters? Maybe. <laughs> without knowing the rosters, shut up and let Ryan talk. Yeah. So like you don't know how many like you know twenty three first rounds he already has. He already has one. We'll assume he has one of his own. So now he has three. So three he can easily turn into the one one plus something else. Plus if he has second rounds, because it's not like this person's moving around quite a bit of players and stuff, or trying to at least. And there's a hundred and thirty three and a third percent chance that those twenty twenty three first round picks will get something Jesus good. Christ. Uh, I forgot where I was now. Oh, 12-team Dynasty Superflex startup. Who is the 101? This question particularly was geared at uh, Justin Herbert. They were considering Justin Herbert is the 101. Is that insane? And who is the 101 in 12-team Dynasty Superflex startups right now? I still think it holds Jonathan Taylor. In Superflex? Yeah, yeah, it's either him or it's going to be Josh Allen. I think in Superflex, it's always a quarterback because of longevity. I don't think that there's a running back that you could put in front of me and tell me this is the 101 in Superflex, and I'm going to be like, John Hogue, this one's for you, buddy. I don't think that there's a 101 you can put in front of me in Superflex, and I'm going to sit there and tell you, yeah, they're the 101 just because of longevity and dynasty. Even a long running back career is five years short of a long quarterback career. And that's not the norm. Like, I love Jonathan Taylor. He's a superstar. He's a premium talent, but you're five years of that versus, you know, Josh Allen, who just signed a mega deal, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, some of the younger talents in the league that are looking to to end up at that elite tier. Patrick Mahomes just signed a big old freaking mega deal, and people seem to be out on that after one kind of by his standards down here. So I don't mean to poo poo all over the Jonathan Taylor take, but for me personally, I just don't see a scenario where there would be a running back as a super flex one oh one for me. 
I've seen it happen already where like one person took it at 101 and I'm like oh yeah I, I mean I see a lot of shit happen on the internet it doesn't mean those idiots on the internet are right <laughs> right so I'm in a 16 team startup good for you this is uh shut your <laughs> I'm on one to that apparently you you are yeah. you are like you gotta defend Ryan like he's your child um, and you're like crazy <laughs> well I mean he's your father so what do you mean defend him like he's my child I just shit all over his 101 <laughs> and yeah. he shit all over yeah, but you're John also his dad right? too so like you gotta make sure that 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 you know level stays fair. Herbert went when he was negative, when he was negative four. Herbert went one on one in this draft. So well, we've seen him already leapfrog. Yeah. What's that? Oh wait, you're talking in the, your 16 team draft. In this in the 16 team superflex okay. startup, Herbert went one on one. Um, Jonathan Taylor would need to be 2019 McCaffrey for like to have a shot at that conversation. Like he doesn't have McCaffrey's ceiling, and he's probably the lone running back that you can make an argument for three years ago. So, and he still wouldn't do it. I guess I think that's rough. But here's where I get hung up, right? I don't want to look at this to make sure I'm not about to say something stupid. Six seventy two, five thousand thirty eight, fifteen. Okay. Just throwing out random numbers. <laughs> Yeah. Matt. Hashtag Matt. 520-4600-3414. Okay. Why are people on Justin Herbert with a near 30-year-old running back as a supporting cast and a plus 30-year-old Keenan Allen as a supporting cast over Joe Burrow, who has two super young wide receivers, a running back that's still in his 20s, and threw for over 4,500 yards on, you know, close to 100 less attempts than what Herbert had. I, I'm with you. I think Herbert and Burrow are very close. And it's all, I mean, you can, you can make the talent argument, I guess, is that the people think Herbert's more talented than Burrow. So that, I guess, comes in the conversation for Dynasty. But Burrow's tethered to Chase and Higgins. You know, right. two top 12 receivers, Chase being the number one in most people's eyes. Higher touchdown on, rate, similar interception uh, rate. You know, both but, have great rosters on both sides of the ball, so you can't even make an argument. I, I but, mean, I, I less, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ryan. But Burrow didn't really take off with last year until, like, the end of the week, like, the end of the season. Like, his final two games, he put up, I think it was 48 points and 55 points. So it's like 100-some points right there, which was equivalent to, like, 25% of his fantasy points at the end of the season were compared to where uh, Herbert was more consistent throughout the year. Herbert's got a little more rushing upside, too. I mean, they're close. And, <laughs> That's probably knowledgeable. I mean, also, Burrow was coming off of an ACL tear. So there's that, too. He did have two giant games at the end of the season. But he had some big games towards the beginning of the year, too. 416, three touchdowns, one pick. I mean... He's capable of putting up those monster games, and it's not like when the monster games weren't there that he was unproductive. Just playing devil's advocate here on the on the Herbert thing, and Josh Allen had this huge outlier of a season that yeah. you know people seem to want to jump on. So I I think what it comes down to is I don't know that there's going to be a consensus. You can make a debate between Herbert, Burrow, Allen. I wouldn't even fault people if they still have Mahomes up there, even as they go through this transition thing because of the contract and the, just the pure talent that's there. But you can make an argument for either one of those four, and I don't think you're necessarily wrong. 
This means this means you want like the 105. Because you can also talk about Lamar Jackson with his rushing upside too, with the same that maybe the same uh, super longevity, but long enough for not sure. We could it. talk about Lamar Jackson; it wouldn't be in the one hundred and one conversation for me, but we could talk about Lamar Jackson. Uh, it's in the same tier for me. Like the dude's got insane upside, so tier I mean, one. Like it, he's a tier down for me. Okay. I don't like that play style for long term success. I'd like quarter, call me old school. I like quarterbacks that, you know, throw the football every now and again, too, because that athleticism and speed and getting popped outside of the pocket isn't going to keep. I mean, it's dangerous. There's been a lot of studies that there's no correlation between mobile quarterbacks and injuries. So, yeah, name three. I'm just I'm going off a correlation of it. Like if you go through, you know, the injury reports, there's not enough correlation to suggest that a mobile quarterback's going to get hurt more. Because a lot of quarterbacks also get hurt inside the pockets. So like, uh, what's your favorite album from them? The album? Yeah, name three songs. Name three songs <laughs> quarterbacks that don't get hurt outside of the pocket do. I mean, you can't. But did you see the video? I don't really know what your point there? is, but okay. He threw, he threw a 50-yard pass from his knees. I mean, come on. He could throw a ball. My, sure. Yeah. As long as you don't care where it goes. Um, no, my point, my point is, Dan, is that the data on that is Michael Vick. And then question so mark. So one player? Yeah, well, not for injury. I mean, there's only one player that you could compare to Lamar Jackson with the arm talent and the okay. mobility and now. the athleticism and everything. So you don't have a thick thing to compare on and then we've seen how that can go badly the last couple so of years didn't get arrested because of, of a dog fighting ring then maybe i don't know <laughs> i don't have a crystal I, ball you could have told <laughs> if you had asked me three years ago if deshaun watson was gonna get popped for 24 that's a very fair point hand that's jobs very... from masseuses i wouldn't have guessed it yeah so. i'm you saying this i also wouldn't take lamar 101 i just have him in the same tier as everybody else because and of its upside. We're arguing about this, and I'm like, <laughs> I know. I know. This one, is what we do, I'm though. Like 105 to 108 for Lamar. Sure, totally on board there. I'm just back here watching it, watching you two go at it. I wouldn't call it going at it. There's a shitload of vanilla in this beer. It's it's cute. All right. Um, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Speaking of mobile quarterbacks, are we in or out on Jalen Hurts as a quarterback one in 2022? That's super in. I'm in. Top three. Yeah, me too. I'm in. Top three upside. Top, a, top seven floor. floor. He's got QB1, the QB1 upside. We just spoke yeah. about why with Lamar Jackson, it's the same thing with Jalen Hurts. Same mm-hmm. thing yep. with Josh Allen every year. Except Jalen Hurts in college actually had some really good seasons throwing the football too. And they gave yeah. him wide receivers. And he got better. And he got better. And he was better down the stretch last year. Like, you know me and my love of Jalen Hurts. Like, I take him almost everywhere. Yeah. So, huge fan. We we grew to love Jalen Hurts. Quiet mm-hmm. taste. Confessed I remember the fuck Jalen Hurts rants way back in the day. We were really mad watching our Darius Stewart tape, and then, and then we found out it was just because of our Darius just, Stewart, not so much Darius Stewart. <laughs> uh, what's the coolest or most fun rule you have in one of your leagues, or that you have heard of in other leagues? So. What's a fun rule? Or fun. Yeah, coolest or most fun rule. What's a rule that that you've had or seen in leagues that you like, just in case uh, somebody's out there looking to shake something up? I really like the kicker uh, points per yardage 
you stole instead mine. of just like I, I'm I, I'm sorry, but there's sorry, like that's been my one. favorite rule change. You so can piggyback on it. Is that the one, like, like if a 21 yard kick, they get 2.1 points? Plus yeah. three for the three. kick. Well, no, plus three for the kick. Yardage matters. So you get 5.1 points for that? Yeah. In some leagues, I, I think my best ball when I don't do it. I don't so do it. Don't I don't do it in the dynasty league. I just set up either. It's I think one point per made kick, and then it's yeah. rational. So Justin Tucker would be like a third round pick, then, right? No, he's worth the fourth game. round pick in a trade, though. <laughs> God damn it! You don't steal my boo from me. All right, I'll go a different way. I really like the modified quarterback scoring, where you take completion percentage into account and severely penalize turnovers. And sacks. I like that. You know, you're losing points per sack, too. I like that. Yeah. Pick six. You ever get seen that one? Like, you actually lose six points if you throw a pick six? Yeah. Yep. It's four for interception and two. That was a Scott Fish rule last, Fishbowl rule yeah. last year. Six. It was uh, four for interception and plus two for pick six, which could completely cancel out a touchdown. As, as it should. And people went right. negative for it. Huh. Which is, I think, it's the same this year. So be careful, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm learning. I'm learning on the fly. There's gonna be that Sam Darnold week, that Baker Mayfield week from last year. It, it'll happen. All the negative points. It'll be like negative thirteen. <laughs> all right, last one. This is asking for a friend. Price checks on two players. Uh, so Robert Woods in Dynasty. Where are you at on Robert Woods in Dynasty? What What are you basing a package around if you're trading him away? What do you third round pick? Yeah, as I was going to say, like, like, be like a very low second or a high third round pick. If so, I'm a contending team, I wouldn't mind giving up a second too. I asked for a, so I, this is actually your best ball dynasty league. I asked for a second plus a little sweetener on top. It's IDP. Yeah. I, yeah. Who is the I, sweetener? I, like a four. I didn't specify. I just said, okay. give me a, a oh, second and I, I somebody from like this tier of players, um, for Woods. And then where are you out on Hopkins? Oof. holding like you got to wait until he comes back. And then if you want to move, I, I move him after so, a nice week. Uh, I asked it where I think he's going to come back at. So I asked for a first plus either an additional pick from an additional top three to, or an additional second in 2023 or a guy like, uh, you know, a Christian Watson, if you're not high on him or, um, you know, throw me in, you know, somebody with some upside that's not proven, basically, you be, in that deal. You basically want, like, a 2022 first, 23 sec- first and second. You basically want two first Something along those lines, yeah. 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 I don't think you're going to be able to get two first I don't, I don't think I will. age. I don't think I will right now, but if he right comes now, back yeah. and starts lighting it up, yeah, so I asked for a little higher, and Hard negotiation too, right? If you don't ask, you're not going to get it. If that gets balked at, you can always come down. But if you start out too low, you're not going to go up anywhere. So you make it close enough to where they're not like, no, screw this, screw you. So they're already negotiating a trade. But, you know, you don't always start at what's the lowest you're willing to go either. No. I guess it depends on if you're like if you're trying to acquire him, obviously you don't want to pay that much. I, I mean, starting with the second and seeing... Or going that route of, I'll give you a 23 second and a Christian Watson level of player. If it's, I, I just wouldn't move him now. 
No, but it's smart. So- it's smart to ask though for that reason. You've got Woods coming off the Absolutely. injury, Hopkins coming into a suspension. I mean, you're looking to get him for a d- discount. And those are the right players to be asking about. So, you know, like Jacob, if you're listening, one, you just get a little bit more insight into what I'm doing here. But two, I mean, props to you because those are absolutely the right players to be asking about. And if you're me, I'm hedging the bet that they're going to come back and be better than what their price is right now. So I'm asking for what I think I could get for them mid-season in a best-case scenario type of situation. Yeah. And who's and who's to say that happens to me actually really suspended for the six games, you know? Remember anything about his appeal yet? Could be two, could be four games even. So even then, you could actually even get a better deal if you're going for Hopkins right now, too. Get this legal team involved. Maybe they'll just not do anything. The first time a fence, I can see him. I could see it. It's definitely a fair question, and it's definitely the right moves to make. You know, going after players that are on, yeah, you know, that are supposed to be on the pub, so you can get them at a discount. His team, um, his team could contend. So, kind of playing for the second half there with those guys, and yeah, especially if your team's out of contention and having that isn't going to help you anyways. Yeah, my team's not going to contend. I'm completely willing to move those players. So. Yeah, yeah. So it's a perfect move on your end to try to move out of there to try to build younger. Yeah. All right, uh, let's hit a beer review, then we'll do some either or. Which is perfect, because I got one drink of this thing left. Beer review. All right, I'll go first. I had a wild berry dream ale from Hand of Fate Brewing Company out of Petersburg, Illinois. Uh, so it's another line basically in their cream ale series where they just throw a bunch of fruit into their base cream ale and they have a good base cream ale. It's really receptive to that type of thing. I say fruit, Double Bean Dream has no fruit in it, but either way you get it. They do a dreamsicle version. I think they've done a raspberry version. They do a lot of versions of this. Um, on the nose, there's a ton of vanilla and that's tends to be how they sweeten this is with, you know. When they add anything to it, it's vanilla plus. It's vanilla plus. It's vanilla plus. And there is a ton of vanilla in this for sure that I get off the nose. Clarity-wise, it's a cream ale. They did a real good job of keeping it clear with fruit. There's no haze to it at all. It's a very clear beer. Um, as far as wild berry, uh, so it's actually blueberry, raspberry, boysenberry, and strawberry. I do get the... The raspberry and the blueberry, probably more than anything. Strawberry is a little more mild. Boysenberry, I'm not really sure what a boysenberry is. So, it's a berry. Thanks. <laughs> yes. Can I mute you? I can't actually mute you. <laughs> I I I can't indeed. Oh, wow, look at you. He muted himself. <laughs> I got you. Good man. Good man. Uh, yeah, overall, it's a solid beer. Most of the expressions they do of this are, um, I wish I'd get some things other than cream hells down here, but I guess that's Dan's fault. Either or, they keep doing good work with this particular beer, and the fruit notes are, are there. They're not overwhelming. Um, you know, it's good beer if you're not really looking to drink beer, but want something fruity that isn't a seltzer. Ryan, you can go. All right, I had a special hazy IPA. It's from Bell's out of the Kalamazoo, so yeah. Comes in at six point four percent. It's a 
it's a good combination of dry hops and stuff. It's got uh, Messiah, Citra, Aseka, Amarillo, and another hop. I forget what kind of hop it is. But it's um, it's got more of like a citrus taste to it than anything. With kind of like a little bit of a piney finish. But I can't really complain about it. It's kind of medium body. A little bit refreshing. It's a classic hazy. Yeah, it's not, it's not, I can't do a hopper description on it. I mean, when you talk about hazies, they're all relatively the same. You know, stone fruit and citrus are the most commonly, you know, tasted, you know, fruits and style and, and dry hop beers. So, yeah, I mean, that's all it tastes. It's tough. It's, no matter what. Yeah, you're just and like you. You're basically getting down to the nitty gritty with trying to, like, you know, differentiate them. And that's really based on if they're using malt or oak plates or some shit like that. So. All right. Again, Blind Pigs uh, Reserve Lager. Noah's, it, it, it's uh, slightly toasted with a bit of that um, vanilla S to it. Um, very light, obviously light in body. Um, you know, flavor wise, you get, uh, you know, you get that light toasted background with some subtle hop at the end, um, extremely subtle hop at the end. And uh, it just, you know, finishes away, finishes away clean. So a very, uh, a very good traditional lager. Um, I guess more so American lager. All right, good stuff. All right, we're going to do some either or. Hopper totally forgot that he's muted. I know, this is great. I was going to, you should have kept letting him talk. I, didn't. Well, I mean, he's kind of leading the show, and I really don't want to lead. So, <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time I did that, it's just You'd normally one dollar, not this. Oh, wait, did you mute me through Zoom or did I mute me for Zoom? Because normally I just hit the switch on the mic. I can't mute you. You have hosting ability. That's true. You did. You muted yourself and forgot. That's weird. That's just how good the beer was. You just it changed your life. It did just change beers. Okay, Ryan, with the laughing emoji. Yeah, he's, I, just, I just saw that. I saw reactions down here. I was like, what's this do? Huh. I didn't know that was a thing. Good job, yeah. Zoom. <laughs> All right, uh, some either ors going on. One of the hottest debates I see right now with the retirement of Rod Bro- Rob Gronkowski. Kate Otten or Cameron Brait? Dan, we'll start with you. Uh, pulling up Kate Otten's He's athletic profile, which sure isn't, just his high school workout numbers. Uh, I think the answer is neither. Dynasty against Kate because of age. But, I mean, do you really want to have a Tampa Bay Buck in your tight end if it's not Gronk? Yes. I know yeah. I know your answer, Hopper. We all know your answer. I, mean, I don't want a tight end. When he was the tight end one, he was tight end 11 and tight end 12, those two tight end seasons. So could he take the next step and be a top 10 tight end? That's a hard to take. And then Kate Otten, I've been here, has been like working with the first team also. So I don't know how true, like, you know, is that more coach speak or is that more just kind of see how he can relate with Tom Brady? I don't. Yeah. If it happens, good. But I'll just say this. I don't care. Like, it could happen, but there wasn't a tight end in this class that really jumped out to anybody. And we see these high top tier tight ends that struggle when they first come into the NFL. So for me, it's especially this year, give me the guy that's done it before, that's been a tight end one before, that's been serviceable, 
when he gets the chances. And, you know, look, it's not going to be sexy, but it should be a tight end one most weeks. Um, and, you know, let me ride with him versus the rookie when I know by this point in time how difficult it is for rookie tight ends to adapt, produce, and stay on the field. So that's really what it comes down for me to me is give me the veteran because of the position, especially in redraft. And from 16, 17, 18, he had eight touchdowns, six touchdowns, and six touchdowns. So the touchdown upside is there with him. Yeah. I think the answer is you take him double digit rounds. If he doesn't pop off, you drop him. Like yep, anybody yeah. else, like like he's like just a part else, of that then. massive clump of tight ends. It's just and you know I will be. Oh, I I I definitely know you will be. I would yeah, be I would be shocked and a little sad if you did it. The Brait one will never die. It's a leader <laughs> late. That's how I look at it as this year. You know, either you go with the best tight ends or you just wait. What's Brait will never die. Tony Pollard or Kareem Hunt. Ooh. These guys all have similar Ooh. ADPs. Ryan, we'll start with you. I would almost go Kareem Hunt because I feel like the hype on Tony Pollard is going to be too high. Where everyone's hate the hate on Zeke's getting too far, and the Tony Pollard side's moving up. Where the Cream Hunt's not really moving up because you don't hear anything about Cream Hunt. And you think of Dearness Johnson, and everyone's thinking of Dearness Johnson being signed. That I think it's helping to not overextend Cream Hunt's value up too high. Where I think he's actually get him at a good rate right now, or a good value. Where's he going at right now? Um, you said they're similar ADP, so I'm assuming. Eight nine around each Maybe. other. Yeah, I think I think that Hunt was eight and um Pollard was seven, I think. I do like the idea of of, of a bad Cleveland offense playing from behind that tends to work well in the Hunt's favor. But I tend to I think that I tend to think that it's Hunt for me, and I, it, it's because they're playing from behind, but it's also because if they're without Watson, as we expect them to be, their best bet is going to be to lean heavily on their one-two punch at running back and slow the game down. And that's going to be their best chance to compete is to, to slow the game down that way, lean on that one-two punch at running back and let them kind of kind of eat, not dissimilar to what the Saints did late in Drew Brees' career. And they have the the backs to to use that model and to do that, and that means volume for Kareem Hunt, coupled with the efficiency that he's that he's always had. So for me, I, I'm leading Kareem Hunt. Also, he's just cheaper right now. Yeah, that's what I'm going for the cheaper one. I mean, that's the really only lure. It's if, like if you're taking two backups that are going to be primarily used in the passing game, at least go with the one on. I like the worst game script. I guess better game script for running backs, but for pass catchers. So mm-hmm. I'd go hunt too. Um, the fact that Tony Pollard is going in the seventh is just too high, though. It's just, I love the talent and I love the opportunity potential, but we know he's not going to out touch Zeke. We know it's not yeah. going to come any close to Zeke's workload. Hunt and Chubb, though, a lot closer. At times, and uh, I think people want to admit, and I don't want any part. I really don't want any part of the Cleveland offense, especially if they lean heavy on the running game, because that's just going to be more more men in the box. And yeah, 
Travis Landry or Christian Kirk? Yeah, Kirk also. Outside. I see just Kirk being more of the what the true wide receiver one where should be. Yeah. With his fucking contract. I mean Landry, yeah, he's having a great like, you know, camp and everything, but you got Chris Olave there and, and what is, what is the true status of Michael Thomas? Right, because if Michael Thomas comes back, then you've got redundant type players and that doesn't necessarily work out too well. You're not right. I mean they're both slot guys and Jarvis Landry hasn't been able to work really since he left Miami other than in flashes. Christian Kirk's going to be on a bad offense, going to have to throw a lot. We know what Jacksonville can do with garbage time. What's Landry's contract? I'm looking up Landry's contract to see. I wonder if, could be like, if he could be a cut candidate, too. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a three-year deal. Yeah. I mean, I mean, was it Michael Thomas insurance? Because we know it, that. No, uh, I think that's exactly what it is, is Michael Thomas yeah. insurance. So he may be let go if, if Thomas comes back early or if he's healthier than what we're being led to believe. Or other way around? If Michael Thomas doesn't come back? Then, yeah, he'll be used. I I, I, I would have the better player and the better offense at this point. I, 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 would, I would take the chance on Jacksonville's offense being more productive than the Saints. And, you know, Christian Kirk coming off of his historic deal being used more as a primary one than Jarvis Landry. No, I, I would agree with you. So I'm on Kirk. Yeah. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster or Rashad Bateman? <laughs> Bateman. Yeah, I feel Bateman also. So I'm looking Juju. Um, and it's purely a look, this is purely a volume thing. Andrews is the one in. In Baltimore, on a low-volume passing offense. Dan, you said it earlier in the show, they want to get back to running the football more. As much as I like the talent and I like the player that is Rashad Bateman, that does not bode well for volume. Whereas you just had, in losing Tyreek Hill, a ton of targets open up in Kansas City. Yes, you have Sky Moore and Valdez Scantling there, but you know Schuster uses a complete plays a completely different type of role. And, you know, I do think you might see the ball get spread around a, a little bit more, but it's going to be a higher volume passing offense, um, you know, with, again, just a guy that's that's been successful at the NFL level. And I, I fully believe that Bateman can be. I just have problems seeing, you know, from a volume perspective, from a, an offensive scheme where his path to, you know, outperforming ADP is you know, better than what Juju's is. I definitely see the argument for Juju. And I still like, I like both. And yeah, I'm assuming they're both going in similar ADP. They are. I think it's like in the eighth round for both of them. Yeah. You guys are going to both at the turn. So you could actually have them both on your team. I still like Bateman's. I still like Bateman's upside more use as a, like as a primary number one where I expect Juju to continue to operate out of the slot. Um, but I mean, it's right. To, they both should see similar target share. I expect Bateman's to jump in that 20% raise. Juju hasn't been in that part since his breakout mm. year with well, Pittsburgh, but the offense should 
lean into like even if Juju has a less target share, the production should be you know similar in that way because of volume. If they're both at twenty percent, twenty percent target share on the Chiefs' yeah. offense is worth more targets than twenty percent target share on the Ravens. I I also think Bateman's going to be more of the primary red zone threat. I don't yeah. think Juju's going to be. I, I mean, they got similar size, but I I I do expect Bateman to be more primarily used as the as that oh, red yeah, zone you threat. Still expect. Still expected to primarily be Kelsey for, yeah, for the Chiefs. I mean, but I mean, Juju, seven touchdowns, seven touchdowns, nine touchdowns. That's you know, I guess three full seasons or near full seasons. So that's nothing to, to sneeze at. Nope, it's not. Plus, Kansas City has the most vacated targets too. I think right, it's like almost over two hundred. Yeah. So I guess you why where are you coming on that one, Hopper? Going with Juju because if. uh Kelsey's out there as the first outlet. Smith-Schuster should be right there for him, ready to go. I'm very interested to see how those targets break down, you know, with the type of contract, again, the MVS. Like, I don't give a fuck about Miko Harmon. I think MVS is going to be the deep guy. I think he's most likely to be a Hill replacement, but I think they might pick and choose their shots a little bit more. And then I guess it's where we think Sky Moore will end up. Like, the upside in the offense is clearly huge. Huge. And we're going to see how that target breaks on because if Skymore is actually good at football, then the targets are going to, they're all going to eat more, especially well, the wide receivers are going to eat more into each other. And really what it could lead to is a little bit of target regression for Kelsey. Because, I mean, part Possibly, of the reason yes. the Chiefs have struggled, and we've called it out on this show, is that where were they going? They were status quo every week. There was never a scenario where you wanted to start Miko Hardman. Never a scenario when Watkins was there where it was start Watkins. It's it's Kelsey, it's Hill, it's Mahomes, and then That's whatever it. back was healthy, maybe. Yeah. It, and, you know, whenever teams could lock down Kelsey or Hill, which is very hard to do, but when they could, that offense struggled. So you had playmakers now, you give Mahomes the ability to spread the ball around instead of everything's going to Hill or everything's going to Kelsey. And I don't wonder if you see some of that target volume for those wide receivers come away from Kelsey a little bit. Mark Andrews is the tight end one, right? I still got Kelsey in my tight end one. It'd be Kelsey for me. I just I like, like even if target regression is definitely there, I, I mean, it, it, like the splits between what, what Andrews did with and without Lamar is, is, I mean, it's small sample size, obviously, but it's still pretty staggering. It's just, it depends how much Baltimore regresses back to running the football. Like, I don't think they're going to go back completely. Mm. They will definitely run the ball more if, if based on what they want, but their division got better. The conference is better. So it just depends how, and their defense still isn't, you know, built back up to their, you know, to their standards. So it really depends if you move both them out of their game plan and who's more likely to be the, the primary target in their offense. You know, if both teams are playing from behind, I can see Bateman easily, not easily, but I can definitely see Bateman surpassing Andrews in that standpoint where I still think Kelsey is the primary target in Kansas City. And there's no, and that's not a shot at Andrews. It's just. No. And, you know, the really here's the, the big difference to me, right? 675 pass attempts for the Chiefs. And Baltimore's in the threes, I think, if I remember right. Oh, threes. 
as a team? Or four fours. Hold on. It's not high. Hold on. They as were, a team, yeah. they were uh, six, no, six, six 11. 11 as a team this year. This yeah. Past year, there was that six was 11. with Huntley. And Huntley, you said they wanted to revert to 2020 more so, where they threw 400 times. So they're they're gonna fall somewhere probably between that point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, four fifty five hundred is probably what I'm assuming, because you did have Jackson miss some games last year that I think probably elevated. I think Huntley might be a better passer actually, but Huntley was definitely had he had more hungry eyes for for Andrews. That it's I mean I, I mean just look at Andrews game logs in comparison. This is blow up week's game with Huntley, yeah. which I do think is somewhat baked into. In 2019, the conversation was, about Andrews. And 2019 was 440. So I mean, it's likely that Baltimore's right around 500 pass attempts. You got 200 more, or 175, 200 more pass attempts for the Chiefs, which that's 175, 200 more targets to be spread amongst those receivers. And I think that's the biggest difference to me. I don't disagree with any of the points that you're making about Bateman that he could be the top target on that team, that he could supplant Andrews as the top target on that team some weeks. I just don't think the top target on that team is worth more than, you know, the 2A, 2B target on the Chiefs necessarily just because of the offensive schemes. It's definitely, it's definitely a good conversation to have because then you're looking at, you know, what does the schemes and what does the potential, you know, passing attempts are going to, you know, you know, showcase. We know that Juju can do it in an offense that will supply in that, especially with an elite quarterback play. Like, yeah. there's a reason why I'm taking both players. Juju does have and I just want people upside. To stay off of Juju because a lot of people like Bateman upside. Yeah, Bateman. The, I, I'm I'm nervous. I'm surprised. Like I hope his ADP doesn't get. I think round seven is the highest I yeah. go. I'm with you. And look, he's a wide receiver one on any team, and that's totally fine. And you definitely want to hunt that in the later rounds. Mm-hmm. Speaking of wide receiver ones, Cortland Sutton or Hollywood Brown? Sutton. Yeah, Sutton. Sutton. But that's a really good question, though. It's but I, I, I'm Sutton a common one, and Brown is going higher. But for me, with I, I'm Sutton with the addition of, of Russell Wilson there, who's historically made players like Cortland Sutton very, very good. Also, players like Jerry Judy. Look at Doug Baldwin and uh, Tyler Lockett. Very, very good. Tim well, Patrick. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It's Sutton for me. I like Hollywood for the first six weeks when Hop comes back. Who who knows? Um, yeah, I think it's a better spot for Hollywood. And again, they're close enough to where you could end up with both. But if Sutton stays at that value, I'm all on board with Sutton paired with Russell Wilson because that's his DK Metcalf in Denver and Jerry Judy's as Tyler Lockett slash Doug Baldwin. What rounds are they going in? You know, I should probably pull that up, huh? Seven oh eight. They're in seven oh eight range right now they're both in the seventh round right yeah i would expect brown to probably move up as we get closer that the hype's gonna build especially if hopkins suspension doesn't get overturned but you're basically arguing what should be potential or what should be similar passing offenses in number two versus a number one and is Brown going to get the same type of target share that he got in Baltimore with the healthy Hopkins, or is he going to revert back to high teens, low twenties? Yeah, seven oh three, seven oh eight. By the way, both are ahead of Gabe Davis. 
like, does Marquise Brown become that Christian Kirk when uh, Hopkins comes back? It's almost like you had to ask him questions when you're drafting too. That's, I mean, I mean, there's, there's obviously boom. Both players have big boom potential. We've seen Kirk go off I mean, for over 103 touchdowns in the game too. Hollywood could end up in the sixth. Like any, maybe even back in <laughs> five. Just looking at some of the players that are ahead of him right now as we get closer to redraft season. Once we know. Once we know Hopkins, like we we know it's six games, but, but once you know after his appeal goes through what his suspension is, I think if he gets six, Brown's probably moving up to yeah. fifth, sixth round for sure. Adam Thielen or Amari Cooper? Oh, Thielen. Yeah, Thielen. Easy. Not even close. Like Cooper, there's too many questions. Cooper's going right 504. Like- Thielen's going 508 right now. Yeah. Once once the Watson suspension comes down, I think Cooper is going to move down to the eight nine range. I'm completely with you on Thielen. By the way, let's get to something more fun: Michael Pittman or Jalen Waddle? Pittman. Pittman. Number one with a better quarterback upgrade. Love Pittman. Metrics were elite last year. One of the best receivers versus both man and zone with a better quarterback. Now at least more consistent. Mm-hmm. Needs more volume out of that. Jalen Waddle. I think that. Part of the reason I put this here is that there needs to be some cold water poured on on Jalen Waddle. He was used super close to the line of scrimmage, and the hope is that he'd stretch the field more, and then they add in Tyreek Hill with a quarterback that's not a fantastic deep ball quarterback. So, I mean, he's accurate, but not a great deep ball quarterback, and bringing in Tyreek Hill doesn't, I, I mean, that doesn't do a lot for Waddle's target volume. And I think that people are looking at last year and getting really excited about Jalen Waddle. And I like Jalen Waddle. We know that he has elite athleticism as well, but bringing in Tyreek Hill should be a shot of a cold water. That's not an improvement. That's, you know, that's bad news if you're expecting Jalen Waddle to improve on what he did last year. Yeah, Tanner had a repeat after 140 targets. Mm-hmm. And he got it from last year. Like, if they're expecting 140 targets again, I don't see him getting. Sure. Over 100 receptions, also, and over a thousand yards. Yeah, it was it tough between him and Hill. No, a dot though. Yeah, he was six point three, <laughs> and he's like not he's getting really twenty. Like I don't see him getting twenty four point three target or a twenty four point eight target share either. No, that's going to come back down closer to twenty. And you just, I mean, what you hope for with Waddle is that a dot goes up about four or five yards. I think, I think going up, I think he'll be in that. Eight range, mm-hmm. which I think is a fair. Did see it jump twice because I think they're. I think him and Hill are going to be, you know, built from the same mold in this offense. It's just Hill is going to take enough away from Waddle. For I mean, they're going to be some nice games from Waddle for sure. But yeah, Pittman should be solid. He's one of yeah. the safest floors, I think, and one of the higher safe. highest floors that you can get around that range. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like him a lot this year. T. Higgins or Deontay Johnson? Oh, that's tough. It now tough. you're going floor versus upside. Yeah. You're going floor versus upside. You're going a number two and an elite offense versus a number one and a questionable offense. So the Juju versus baby conversation <laughs> again. <laughs> Except Deontay's well, it's a little different because the Steelers is, is an unknown. Baltimore's a known commodity. It is absolutely di- slightly different, but it is kind of funny to bring up. It is. This is another one that's. 
I think interesting because you expect both guys to be solid contributors, but you know, in that range, for me, it's Higgins. Give me the, give me the better offense. Shocked? Are you, Mister Floor? Going? I, I, I'm also going Higgins. I'm just you're so Mister Floor. Yeah, but I've never been a Deontay Johnson guy. That's true. So, you know, I've never been a fan of Deontay. So for me, yeah, give me. I'm a floor guy, but give me, give me Higgins. I think the Steelers are going to lean on, on Najee pretty hard. And, um, you know, that offense, especially in the passing game became with Ben's noodle arm became such a, a shell of what it had been in the past. You know, I'm interested to see how kind of how that unfolds. To me, I honestly think Higgins might be a little bit safer just because you're in the elite offense and, you know, I fully expect that Cincinnati is going to be able to support two top 15 wide receivers. They should. Yeah, they should be able to. They, they should. Pick up where they left off last season. And they get to play against a number one seed schedule. So you get to play against the Chiefs, get to play against the Bills. So there's a lot of a lot of shoot You're not blowing people out in those games. And the offense is just built to be more up-tempo and more pass-heavy, especially when you, I mean, it, it, he has, I think he has more upside. I, I think I still lean Deontay as more floor. I, ju- I don't think Deontay's target, like the way that he commands targets, is just going to drop off. I think no, he fits didn't. very well with a guy like Trubisky or or when picking, you know, or a pick steps in. I, well, I, and, and that's fair. And Allen Robinson was very productive with, with Trubisky. Yeah. So, and Rob and Deontay can definitely get more open comparison, but. There is, you know, Pickens and I guess Claypool to an extent too, um, and Firemuth. So I, th- there's yeah. a big reason why I, I'll, I'll lean more Higgins because there's a lot of target competition in Pittsburgh with a new quarterback. Yeah, and probably fewer targets. So it's because they're gonna, it's gonna go through Najee first. Offense is gonna be bad. Najee Harris, RB three. Um, Right, I'm leading this show. Antonio Gibson or Cam Akers? Oh, Cam Akers. That, the whole guessing thing kind of makes me too nervous because of how they're trying to make that offense now, where it's like almost like a three-headed, three-headed running back between Akers, Williams, and Henderson right now. No, wrong team. What? Yeah, I was, I was you thing. You're going you, like you, you, you had the right argument. You went yeah. to the wrong side of it. You're thinking. <laughs> You're thinking Brian Robinson for short yardage gives him between the twenties and JD McKissick as a pass catcher. Yeah. I think yep, is where you exactly. meant to go with that. Yep, That's yeah. funny. Well, that is hilarious Robinson, though. It's like You had the right like, point. You just went with a straight roster. That was great. Well, the Brian Robinson is like the in between, like the player between JD McKissick and Antonio Gibson, where it's like, you know, Gibson needs a break that uh Robinson come in or if McKissick can't go out there for third down, Robinson will come in. It's more of a headache I feel like it's going to happen than anything else compared to where you go to L.A. and you have Henderson and Williams there on the actual team now where I feel like that's more of Akers. They want Akers to be that RB1, and they want Henderson to be more the third down back if needed with Williams to be a mixed in. You really think Kyron Williams is going to really mix in in that offense? No. As a third down back. Absolutely not. About as much as I think this one injury away thing is going to work out for Isaiah Spiller. <laughs> yeah, there, there's absolutely but, no way Kyron Williams is going to be featured. Way, not, sure if you follow, featured. not sure if you follow a player profiler and the podfather on Instagram, <laughs> but there was totally an Isaiah Spiller one injury away. 
IG. Spiller's a that. better talent than Kyron Williams. And he is only, and, and, and they're both really equally, no they were both equally disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Henderson, Henderson's disappointing, but I see like Williams as like the Henderson replacement when needed when it's going to happen. I just, it's, I mean, maybe, but I think they like Henderson's role. I think if Henderson gets hurt, I think it's going to be the Cam Akers show. Fuck, it was the Cam Akers show when he came back it's from his be, Achilles. It's going to be the Cam Akers show anyway. Henderson's yeah. not a block for Cam Akers. And, you know, to me, it's how effective is Cam Akers going to be, right? That's that's what it comes down to. But I think that as far as job security goes, Akers has it. And, you know, you've got Washington wanting to do this one-two punch thing, protect Gibson a little bit, bring in Brian Robinson. but there's also a hot hand element to that. That's also you're not getting all the carries, even if they do want to run the football a bit more. And I think that, you know, Akers is going to have the opportunity to be something close to a bell cow. You know who Gibson is? Miles Sanders last year, where he'll probably be more efficient with his touches, but it won't matter because he's just not going to get the, he's not going to get the consistent work. I mean, yeah. Um, I can't remember his name now. The coach. He wants to rebuild Ron, the Jonathan Stewart. Uh, Rivera. Rivera. He wants to rebuild what he put in Carolina with Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams. And then now you have to mix in with the running back who's going to get the most value touches, you know, in the pass catching game. I, I think Gibson will have some flashes, but man, he is. It's hard. It's stomach. I like Gibson too. Great talent. And I'm really pissed that, you know, Rivera wants to go this route. But I mean, Washington's literally telling us what they're going to do and we have to just accept it. Yeah. And you're going to want to rebuild that. But the problem is, is you only had 2,000 yards scrimmage seasons out of Jonathan Stewart while you were doing that split headed monster thing because neither of them stay healthy. Yeah. Two could really jump up and you only had. I mean, it was the same thing for Williams, right? They cut into each other so much that you just weren't getting thousand-yard scrimmage seasons unless there was an injury. And Washington's offense isn't going to be good this year, at least not consistently good. So, I mean, good luck. Like, yeah, ugh. you can rebuild it, but yeah, it's it's Acres for me, and it's probably the only time I've answered Cam Acres in an either-or question. They're going to rebuild it, but no one's going to come. <laughs> <laughs> All right, three more: Dave Montgomery or Leonard Fournette. For that. Yeah, that Lenny. Montgomery. Ooh. It's not a homer take. It's a spicy. It's a that offense is gonna be iffy. And I think Montgomery is one of the best pieces that they have. And you know, he's improved as a receiver the last several years. They don't have a a pass catcher there that's gonna spell him that that is going to be a bell cow. And you know, with with Fournette, do you have some concerns about what they added there? Not with the contract that they gave Fournette. I don't, I don't have any concerns. But like a question I have with like going with Montgomery is like, do they try to run him into the ground this year? And they might. He's like, a free agent. Yeah, that's what just, you don't want because that's a bad offense. They need to give him as Hopper Benchin. He needs some catches because he ain't going to get shit on the ground. It's a battle saying? line and a bad scoring offense. You want them to catch passes. If I'm, I still take Fournette because they're going to be used similarly, and I want the running back in a better offense. Fournette's injury history also gives me a little bit more pause. That's over... fair. I mean, he, he's never played a full season in his career, but yeah. we 
the rapport with him and Brady, we know that for Nets. Look, I like them both. I'll take whoever's yeah. cheaper. Uh, but absolutely, yeah. This is why I you mean, draft Rashad White and you draft Khalil Herbert. I have like, a lot simple. of Leonard Fournette. Yeah, Khalil Herbert, by the way, getting the backup role in Chicago, much overlooked because of how good he is and in, in pinch hit. Get him in. Yeah, I mean, get he's him in Dynasty. Chicago's get, version of Alex Madison. And yes, get him in Dynasty. Montgomery's. I don't think Montgomery's back next year. And Herbert has shown. He showed a lot last year, man. Mm-hmm. Get Khalil Herbert. That's what this means. Yep. Melvin Gordon or Michael Carter? I like throwing out some tough ones that don't Ooh, feel good. That is a tough one. Spicy. I don't. It's. I want to say Gordon, but man, I just don't think they're going to give him the equal workload that they got last year. It's I Car- just don't think they will. I it's think it's going to be more Javante this year. Carter, because I think given equal workload, that Carter is the more efficient of the two. Gordon got goal line work more or less, which kept him relevant. But he wasn't. Can I say hi- neither. Hyper efficient. So. If- well, no, because it's an either or question. <laughs> I don't really want either of them. I don't know that I want either of them, but given the choice at this, I mean, they're together in the draft, right? They're real close. That's, that's fair. I take Gordon just because I think Gordon's got more of a, more of a, he's got the size to be more used as a bell cow. But I still like Carter. It's actually, just, given I, this point in the draft, I'd take Cortland Sutton or Gabe Davis, but that's besides the point. Oh, man. Gabe uh, Davis hype's gotten too far, man. Someone took him in the third round of a best ball draft. Well, he's in the eight, I would take Gordon. I think I would take Gordon, too. Right now. Yeah. Just yeah. I feel like he's a Jets, and I feel like we're overlooking Brees Hall. And were they spent on him to get him? Being up there that high in the second round, I feel like Michael Carter, it's not really going to be that one-two punch that we were hoping for. It might more be more of like a 70-30 split where it's Brees Hall and Michael Carter. Where I feel like the Melvin Gordon and Jamal Williams could be Javante. 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 Jamal Williams is a completely different conversation. Oh, God dang. I'm getting, I'm getting all my players all screwed up tonight. Can't. You are, you, you have to become me. You talk oh, over drought. Right, I just confused Jamal Williams with Jamal Charles. So that's, <laughs> they're not the same person either. <laughs> we got to get <sighs> to attack of a lower Derek Carr. Super flex. Ah, Derek Carr. Derek Carr, yeah. Give me Tua. I like both. I just actually no. Carter. Give me, give me Derek Carter Carr. More. Never mind. Give me Derek Carr. Yeah. I forgot about the Mike McDaniel thing. Carr's yeah. a much more solid QB two. A lot more floor there, and you gave him Devontae Adams. In a lot, in a lot better division, which means a lot more throwing. Yeah, a lot more comfortable. All right, that is our show. If you have a real question to ask us, reach out to at Beerfield Thurry. Dan Thurry. I am at Beerfuel Hop. He is at Ryan Miner underscore FFB. I don't know if you want me to say it or not. You can also uh, find his music on Spotify at Chevelle. <laughs> <laughs> He's the third brother. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Probably a lot of the same format. We'll f- figure out what we're talking about when we get there. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.